Hello, this is Vin Peterson from Politics Weekly, and today we have the final episode of the year. Ooh, yeah, we um, had Christmas and um, saw some family. How was your Christmas? It was good, thank you. We went to our grandparents' house in Tucson, yeah. Yeah, and sadly, we're not going to see... Our grandparents in California because our flight got canceled to Sacramento. Thanks a lot, Southwest. I know. I wonder if there's going to be any investigations on that. Yeah, there might be. Yeah. And maybe even a federal, maybe even congressional hearings, perhaps. Yeah, it's possible. Yeah. So we'll see how that goes. Um, we do have a few stories. Congress just passed a spending bill to avert a government shutdown. That sounds good. Yes, it is. Um, it's a one point seven trillion dollar omnibus bill. Yeah. So it's not a continuing resolution. Was omnibus? Omnibus is basically a broad spending package. Um, and we didn't do a CR, continuing resolution, and what that means is it just freezes everything and continues it, just uh, continues every all the spending previously. But this time we decided they decided to do an omnibus bill. Oh, okay, so that's better, right? Yes, I would agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anything notable in the budget? There's a few things. Um, One is that it includes more funding for Ukraine, which I'm happy for. And most of it is pretty broad and bipartisan, and that's also good. But one, and it got support from every single Democrat plus 18 Republicans. Oh, wow. In the Senate. Yeah. And it got some Republican support in the House, but not from Kevin McCarthy. In fact, Kevin McCarthy is super mad at Mitch McConnell for negotiating with Democrats on this spending package, actually. Why? I guess probably because he wants his Republican priorities in the bill. Like he wants some other, he wants more spending cuts. I think he wants something about the border or something like that. And he's upset that he, did, he didn't get that. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. So McConnell kind of uh, bucked McCarthy and went, went for it anyway. Yeah. I've always felt like House Republicans are much more extreme than Senate Republicans. Yeah. Well, there's more of them, right? Yeah. But the thing is, like, in the Senate, it feels like, even though I don't like Mitch McConnell by any stretch of the imagination, but he seems more willing to negotiate with Democrats than the majority of the Republican House caucus, I would argue. I see. Yeah, and, like, there aren't, like, Marjorie Taylor Greens in the se- in the Senate, for example, because, you know, you have to win a statewide race, and there's not all these gerrymandered districts. Yeah, yeah, I think the gerrymandered districts probably um, shows in that um, extreme House stuff. Yeah, versus winning a statewide election in a Senate race. Right. So, yeah, and it also, one thing is included in this bill is a ban on TikTok for all government devices. Ooh. Is uh, anybody mad about that? No, it passed. Yeah, I think the Senate passed a bill earlier that did it with unanimous consent, actually. Okay. So unanimous consent means everybody in the Senate agrees, all 100. Wow, that's that's kind of a big deal then. Nobody likes TikTok. Yeah, because people are concerned about its connections to the Chinese government and the Chinese Communist Party. It's not because there's just a bunch of boomers? No, I think it's probably concerns about... The Chinese government, I think Senator Durbin had some concerns about it. So did Senator Senator um, Warner. He, he said Trump was right on wanting to ban TikTok, actually. Wow, okay. Yeah, so people are actually concerned about it, mm. about potentially giving people's private information to the Chinese government. <laughs> yeah, it seems concerning. Yeah, I don't have TikTok in. I would encourage... I don't. I wouldn't encourage anybody to have it themselves. Okay. Yeah, that's what. That's just my view. Meanwhile, the next congressman from New York, a congressman-elect from New York. Oh, the new generation Republican. He's Jew-ish. Jew- the Jew-ish. George Santos. Ugh. 
So it revealed that from a New York Times investigation that he pretty much lied about almost everything. Right. What is true? Um, he first, I'm not sure. Um, he claimed to graduate from NYU, and they said we don't have anybody who graduated with that name or that date of birth. And then he claimed to graduate from Baruch College, same thing, nobody graduated with that name or that date of birth. He also claimed to work at Goldman Sachs and Citigroup, um, never happened. He also claimed that his employees at his companies that he worked for were victims of the Pulse nightclub shooting, also never happened. I... And I saw something like he said his mom died of nine eleven or yeah something like this. This everything terrible and everything great happened to this guy. Yes, it's so strange. I know. And then I the, I don't know. Like every day I turn around, there's something else. Like he was divorced in twenty nineteen just by being claiming gay. Yeah. yeah, like is he is he really gay? Is he not? And then do like and he's a Catholic, but he always jokes that he's Jew. Ish. Well, I mean, not always jokes. He was literally saying he was Jewish the entire time, or like, like as when a, he was campaigning, right? Yeah, or as a Jew, I blah blah blah. And now it's like, oh no no no, I'm kidding. Um, it was just Jewish, Jew dash ish. I don't know. Yeah. I. It's strange. It very 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 strange. Actually, I think he might be kind of needs some help. Probably in some sort of respects. Yeah, it's probably just the beginning of what we're going to hear because it doesn't sound like um, anyone's going to let go of this. It sounds like there was some kind of invest- Kevin McCarthy's being silent on him. Of course, of course yes, but because he needs two hundred eighteen votes to become speaker, and he doesn't want to offend anybody. Yeah, there's some investigation going on though that maybe he lied. Yeah, the on- Republican District Attorney of Nassau County is actually investigating him. To see if maybe he lied on some federal documents or something. Yeah, like, for example, I think he was made $55,000 a year or something. At least IRS filings show that. But then he was able to funnel, like, $800,000 to his campaign of his own money. Yeah, there's some talk about some Russian... Money. Yeah, I don't know. This guy's a weirdo. And he's just. And the thing is, this is an utter failure on the media and, to be honest, on the Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee for not investigating this... They investigated this a month after everybody voted on November 8th. Yeah, right? Yeah, a month after the election. It is a failure. Yeah. Like that 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 can happen, right? But then also, I don't know, people lie and it's it's no big deal, right? Trump like, did it. Everybody has, right? I mean, Trump did it the most, of course. Yeah. But I mean, Biden has lied a little, but to be fair. Yeah. And um so it's just like, well, shrug, you know, I still get to be in office. I mean, if I ha- went to ASU yeah. and I lied about my degree and uh, all Walker. of my work history, I would be fired. Right. By the way, Herschel Walker, he lied He he lied about like being a police officer and being in, in the University of Georgia. But the thing is, the media caught him on that. The media didn't catch George Santos until very, very late. Yeah. I mean, he was kind of buried in... The third district of New York, right? Yeah, not not the most high profile race compared to a Senate race in Georgia that was getting right. national media. Yeah, attention. yeah. Meanwhile, it appears that Governor Abbott is busing migrants to Vice President Harris's home. Right, I heard uh, some more busing going on by our friends in Texas. Yeah, um, I'm not sure why they're doing that. I don't think it's really solving any problems, to be totally honest, with our immigration system. Our immigration system is flawed. I don't think anybody should be. 
I don't think anybody should question that our immigration system is not working, but I don't think that this is helping the situation in any way. So you're a Texas governor and you've got a lot of people coming in from Mexico, Mexico, or, Nicaragua. Or probably, and, yeah, Nicaragua, Honduras, Venezuela. Yeah, all over like, that. Yeah. Like um, most of them are very poor countries in Central America. So like what power do you have to stop it? Is it a federal thing? In the most cases, yeah. So it's a it's a federal thing. So the federal the feds need to do something and arrest people, which they have been doing, but I guess not all of them, of course. Right? Yeah. Okay. Because I mean, before this, the Republicans were in charge, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, and nothing was really done. I mean, like, what is the solution here? Like, I understand, like maybe Abbott is I don't know, just trying to get some eyes on the problem right obviously mistreating people terribly and dropping them off in front of harris's home on christmas eve when it's you know 20 degrees, 20 degrees outside yeah. and you know lying to them or you know spending taxpayer, taxpayer money. money to you know do this but i mean i get that our situation at the u.s mexico border is a problem of course yeah yeah so what's the solution i think people they they sh- I mean, we tried this in 2007. We tried a bill that would give a pathway to citizenship for people who are here that are undocumented, but also increase enforcement. Um, And I think, yeah, I think that would be the solution, would just be increase enforcement in some ways, but also provide a pathway to citizenship for people who are here that are undocumented, particularly DACA recipients as well, because their future is definitely on limbo, and these people came at no fault of their own. Right, right. What about... um Diplomacy. Is there uh, any work to be done on that side, uh, talking to the other countries and trying to figure out what's going on and making people run over here? True. Might be because of dictatorships in some cases. And many of them, of course, are asylum seekers. I think there's like two million asylum claims that haven't been processed or something ridiculous like yeah. that. It's, it's such a tough problem because, you know, if I was living somewhere where yeah. gangs would kill me, I would do whatever I could to. Yeah, I mean, you could seek asylum in that case, but a lot of these asylum claims are not getting processed. And also the thing is that... There's such a backup, right? Because Trump administration paused it all, right? Yeah, so- Title 42. Yeah. Yeah, about like which um, Biden has actually kept it in place, actually. about t- There's been some legal challenges with that, of course. Yeah, I think the Supreme Court just said like, no, but it has to stay for at least the next couple of months. Yeah, exactly. I think it should be eliminated at, at some point, at least. I'm not sure about now because, you know, it might be a problem with more people coming across. But at the same time... It has to go at some point. We can't just have this in place forever, I think. Yeah, right. Like, we've got to have a path, right? Um, And obviously, we're having trouble with um, staff. and Labor shortages. That's another huge problem. Yeah, so uh, we've got some solutions here. We have people coming over wanting. For many of them are seeking employment or trying to escape poverty in many cases. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And also our legal immigration system is broken because the problem is we have visas for legal immigration, but the problem is the cap. They have annual caps, and they're not proportional to the immigration demand of each country, so they often wait like 10 to 15 years to come over. Oh, jeez, yeah. So then it would make sense to go illegally, even if it's more dangerous and even if it's potentially get some arrested they would do we, they would just take the risk instead of waiting 15 years yeah because you you might be killed by then or yeah. starved to death or yeah exactly i mean we need to reform our legal immigration system so it doesn't take that long it doesn't take like 15 years to immigrate to the u.s from a country like that yeah so there 
um, there are a lot of problems here, and you know, I hope hope we can get move the needle on it a little bit this year. Yeah, hopefully Come Congress will will do something about it. I mean, they've tried. It's not for a lack of trying. They tried in two thousand seven. They tried in twenty thirteen on this issue, but you know, they just it keeps failing for some reason. Yeah, I, I see. think the Senate filibuster is part of that. Might be, I think. Oh, really? You just can't negotiate without, um, you know, the filibuster in place. Yeah, I think so. It's it just a lot more difficult to negotiate with the filibuster in place. Of course, there's always the nuclear option, but that's always controversial. Right, right. That's the last thing we need to hear about. Yes, exactly. And meanwhile, so yeah, that's one topic: immigration. Probably going to be a hop on issue for the next two years, and probably several years after that. But meanwhile, let's talk about the state government. All right, let's do it. So state legislatures, uh, Minnesota, before the 2022 midterms, they had a Republican Senate, a Democratic House, and a Democratic governor. Now the Senate has flipped to the Democrats in Minnesota. So we'll see what happens there about things like gun control or abortion rights. That would be interesting to see in the next two years. Okay, yeah, would. Let's see what happens. In Michigan, um, even more substantial change happened. They had a Democratic governor, but two, um, but both the House and the Senate were Republican. But they flipped both the House and the Senate in 2022 and kept the gov- Democratic governor's race by a wide margin. So that, that could mean some things like repealing the state's right to work law, for example, or codifying abortion rights or perhaps red flag laws or other gun control restrictions. We'll see how that's going to go in Michigan, which is substantial about Michigan, is the fact that this is the first time there's a Democratic trifecta in 40 years. Wow. I'm really excited, you know, and I'm sure Michigan voters are watching too, but, like, you know, this is um, this is the home of the automobile, right? Like, what are they going to do in terms of, you know, maybe really moving the needle on electric vehicles, electric vehicles and becoming, you know, the leader um, in our country for that? I'm... I'm uh, really excited, and I really just hope the Democrats uh, get a move on and show voters um, what it could look like. Yeah, we'll see how that goes in Michigan. It's going to be an interesting next two years in that state. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, in Arizona, of course, the legislators kept narrowly, narrowly, narrowly by Republicans, 1614 in the Senate Republican and 3129 in the House Republican. Um, but there's going to be a Democratic governor for the first time since Napolitano, when, back when I was born. If that's what you believe. It is. No, it's a fact. Yeah. <laughs> Unless if you're listening to Carrie freaking Lake. <laughs> you know, it's not over, right? Well, no. It's, it, the judge already ruled against her trial, by the way. But isn't she going to, like... Appeal it? Yeah. But she won't have enough time till the inauguration, which is on January 2nd. Okay. All right. So the thing is, yeah, it's just not going to happen. Uh- an- another uh, another fake election for Arizona. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At least there aren't any fake electors plots on this case <laughs> because, of course, there aren't electors in a gubernatorial race. Right, right, yeah. You remember that. In due time. You remember that whole fiasco. Yeah. Well, do we get a, a deputy governor or something like yeah, that? Yeah, Arizona voters approved a referendum in 2022. So in 2026, there will be a lieutenant governor running alongside the governor on the ballot. And a lieutenant governor in most states doesn't have much responsibilities other than presiding over as being the Senate president and just acting as a surrogate for the governor. Okay. In previous years, the Secretary of State acted as the lieutenant governor. You might have remembered Jan Brewer was the, was the Secretary of State, and she replaced Janet Napolitano when she resigned to be Obama's DHS. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's going to be interesting to see. 
Hobbs will probably have a difficult time negotiating with the legislature because it's probably going to be even more right-wing than it already was because, you know, particularly on the election denials in front, we saw this with, like, Speaker Bowers' primary, for example. Yeah, it um, it's going to be really heated over there with some of those personalities that we have. I don't know. Like Wendy Rogers. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. Um, yeah. And is is she taking a... A higher role this year, Wendy Rogers at all? Or she yeah, she's going to be chair of the election commission under Senate. Oh, chair of the election commission. Yeah. Great, yes. Chair of the election committee, yeah. Okay. Yeah, Senate. President Peterson decided to do that for some reason. Yeah. And what does she say about the recent election? Oh, yeah, she thinks it's all stolen, of course, yeah. It's all stolen? Okay, yeah, she, all right. Yeah, she's a crazy person. I mean, she's a member of the Oath Keepers. Oh, she is? Okay. Yeah, Wendy Rogers is a crazy person. And yeah. what, what does she, uh, what uh, uh, area does she represent? Northern Arizona, just south of Flagstaff. It used to be Flagstaff, but I think Flagstaff was eliminated from her district, so it's pretty much just Northern Arizona and parts of, like, just outside of Payson, like a few miles outside of Payson, is her state senate district. Okay, all right. Meanwhile, um, Nevada, they, their Democratic governor lost re-election, but Democrats still kept the state legislature. So that's going to be interesting to see how the negotiation will be going with their Nevada. Their Democratic governor lost largely because people were so mad at him for what he did with COVID and basically shunned the entire state's economy. Yeah, yeah, right. Of course, that's not, yeah, especially in a state like Nevada, that's not, that relies so heavily on tourism. Yeah, I I could see the voters being upset about that. Yeah, they decided to get a Republican governor in there. They still like their Democrat, they still kept their Democratic senator, but they decided to go for a Republican governor. Just barely though, right? Yeah, barely on both of them. It was very close. Nevada is always a very close state. Okay. Yeah, Nevada is as swingy as it gets. <laughs> And meanwhile, um, oh, oh, yes, I'm looking at your thing. It's the 2022 wrap up. So we're rolling into 2023. But I thought I'd like to hear Vin on uh, his, the highlights of 2022. And you had four items that you thought should be notable on 20 yeah. in 2022. and What happened this year? Of course, in 2022, um, we had um the election, which was not the red wave Republicans have hoped or anticipated for, and and they did Democrats did slightly better than most media pundits expected. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm willing to say it was just a wallop because we, it wasn't expected. Yeah, we hit some historic things. Yeah, and it was more of a. It just signaled a very divided country. I think. Oh really? The election did. I think in 2022. Okay. Same with the election in 2020 and 2016. It just symbolized a very very closely divided country, and we're a divided country. Yeah, I guess that's true. So maybe not exactly great news for 2022. Yeah, but the thing is, though, 2022 was um, definitely better than expected for Democrats. They kept the Senate and actually gained a seat in Pennsylvania. So they'll actually have a majority on the committees in the next Senate, right, in the next U.S. Senate. I mean, on the Judiciary Committee, it won't be 11-11. It'll be 12 to 10 Democrats. So that's okay. kind of interesting. Okay. So that's the first one for 2022. What's the next one? Um, that Republicans held that got the House, but by a much smaller margin than the vast majority of people expected. 
Okay, okay. Kevin McCarthy's going to have a real fight for a speakership. That'll be fun to see. <laughs> Meanwhile, inflation is... So number two in 2022 wrap-up is... Inflation. Inflation. Which has been quite high for quite some time for a variety of reasons. And it's leveling off a little in 2022, to be fair, but it's still relatively high. What is it right now? 7.1%. And how did it start when they said, okay, we have a problem? think it was like three or four percent and i think usually it's about two percent how it's been for the last 10 to 15 years or so but you said it's leveling off so what was the peak 9.1 and now it's down to 7.1 okay so better and gas prices are better now yeah they're actually cheaper than they were a year ago if you can believe it wow wow yeah meanwhile of course roe v wade was overturned number three that's gonna be definitely one of the top stories of 2022 undoubtedly right absolutely uh what a what a sad day um, we knew it was going to happen because of that leak, remember? Yes, and of course McConnell packing the court with blocking Obama's um, attempt to get Merrick Garland in, of course. Yeah, that was the day I lost hope in democracy. That was the day I knew it was over. Yeah, after Scalia's death, right. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, um, a breakthrough on nuclear energy is one of our stories. So number four, and that's the last one. Nuclear fusion. Um which is basically a technology that allows you to create nuclear energy that uses less uranium than the than traditional fission methods. And it does it instead of splitting an atom, instead it binds an atom together. And the problem is that we've always wanted to try to do it because it doesn't create any nuclear waste and it's much more efficient. But the problem is we haven't been able to find out how to do it, but I think they're, they've found a, a way to do it actually. And it's, this, it's still a long way off from commercial use, but it's definitely a promising sign in the right direction yeah i mean it's a huge breakthrough for climate change right undoubtedly because people will be less hesitant to adopt nuclear energy now that will produce no waste and be much more efficient yeah the waste was always this huge deal right like yeah, what are we like doing with Yucca the waste and remember that no yucca mountain you don't remember the, no i don't know anything the about mountain it. in rural nevada where they tried to store nuclear waste what happened it was blocked but they were trying to store nuclear waste in a mountain in rural nevada oh geez and then everybody that lived there was like get your yeah, everybody hated it yeah especially in clark county everybody thought like we're not going to make nevada the nuclear waste dump capital of- so the nuclear plant in arizona where's the waste stored on site in cement in cement, so they just like put the waste in cement containers at the Palo Verde generating and station. Just like create these blocks of cement. Yeah, exactly, and then put the waste inside of there. Wow. Yeah. So, but I mean, it's emitting, right? Even in the cement, or do they know? Um, I think it's it's there. Maybe I'm not sure. That's kind of unresolved. We have a giant nuclear plant in Arizona. Mm-hmm. You just build a wall with the cement nuclear blocks yeah and it's not just of course nuclear weapons produce waste as well of course right of course of course yeah meanwhile um so that's it that's the four yeah the 2022 election and one thing to note is that i have 15 countries who are listening and i this is our 31st episode 31st episode 15 countries and this is how we're going to wrap up 2022 yeah you said the 2022 election Inflation. Roe v. Wade and the fusion breakthrough. And the fusion breakthrough. Those are the most notable for Vin Peterson this year. Exactly. Uh, Peace out, everybody. All right. Thanks, Vin. Bye. Bye.